0: Um, I found myself unusually hungry this morning, and then I saw you guys were praying and fasting, so I'm wondering if God's putting empathy on me to feel your stomachs right now. Um, But it's great to be with you. Yeah, uh, I go way back with uh, the Goliaths. One of my, still my favorite memory is we all went up to the cabin together, and his dog ate all my steaks right off the campfire. I don't even know if he remembers, but... I like to remind him every time I see him. Remember that time your dog ate my steak? Good times. Uh, But yeah, I'm here to share a little bit of my story about coming uh, in contact with the Holy Spirit. Uh, When you look throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is all over the place. Old Testament, New Testament. He's constantly showing up because God's Spirit is the one that provides and sustains life. Right at the very beginning of the Bible, right? God's Spirit is moving over the face of the waters... And then life is created. And for me, I just thought, like you know, that's, that's great. I would like to experience the Holy Spirit. I would like to experience the supernatural, if you will. It's all over the Bible. But I just don't uh, see it in my life. And, and when I ask about it, I don't always feel like I'm given great answers about the Holy Spirit or supernatural. From what I can understand... Having grown up in the Free Methodist Church, I'm a third-generation Free Methodist pastor. But what I felt early on was that the Holy Spirit was there to give me warm fuzzies when the worship music got loud. Like, that's, that's his job. That's what he does. And in that moment, he's reminding me he loves me or, or something like that. But more than that, I didn't understand. Until as I grew older, I started looking at the Bible. I'm like, man, he's showing up all over the place. Like, Jesus life. When you're a kid, you look at Jesus and you're like, okay, so Jesus is God, therefore Jesus can do whatever he wants. But when you're actually paying attention to what the Bible says as you grow older, you're like, whoa, 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 hold up. Jesus got baptized with the Holy Spirit? You mean, so Jesus, got God, and the Holy Spirit are all the same. So God baptized God with God? Like, <laughs> what, why, why, what would even be the purpose of that? Until you stop and you're like, well, the purpose would be what the Holy Spirit has always done all throughout the Bible. Is He's God's presence in our world, but he's also God's empowering agent through our world. So if we come to the conclusion that Jesus only did supernatural things because he was God, then that actually creates some kind of heretical thoughts in our mind. Because if we say like Jesus only raised Lazarus from the dead because he was God, well, then what about Elijah and Elisha who also raised the dead? What about Paul, who when a kid fell asleep on the second floor and fell off and died, which I hope I won't bore you that much today, but he goes and raises him from the dead. What about Peter, who raises Dorcas from the dead? Horrible name, by the way. But nonetheless, you look at these stories. (laughs) Oh, there's a Dorcas here, isn't there? (laughs) I will see myself out. It's been fun being with you. <laughs> Sorry for me and my brothers who would call each other Dorcas. it was a different take on the kid okay, there's There's no coming out of this. Let's move on. <clears throat> All right, something, something, Dorcas, something yes, right, okay, so Bible. <laughs> I just thought you all thought it was funny like I did. Okay. Okay. Bringing it back. You look throughout the Bible, you see supernatural things happening. Left and right, wherever you go... It's just all over the place. I mean, revelation is one giant supernatural vision from God that, that uh, John is working through. So once you start seeing this, eventually you're like, okay, I, I have to pay more attention to the Holy Spirit. And as a kid, I would ask questions, you know, like, hey, here you see God speaking to people. And they come out, and they're so assured. They're like, thus says the Lord. Does God speak that way today still? Well, no. W- why not? Well... He doesn't really have to anymore. We've got developed theology. We can, you know, know, mentally convince people into all these kind of, kind of theological conversations. Okay, well that seems weird, you know. At the same time, uh, I'd be like, well, can he heal today? Well, he could, but he doesn't anymore because we have doctors and they have medicine, and so we just pray for God to guide the doctors' hands. Oh, okay. So what I'm learning is God has all the power, but he doesn't exercise any of it anymore. Here's the interesting conundrum I was taught at the same time. Satan, on the other hand, <laughs> stay away from him because everything that has to do with him is powerful, evil, and will mess you up. Satan has lots of power, so watch out for him. So God has power, doesn't use it. But Satan, on the other hand, be afraid because he's got power and he'll destroy your life. I'm like, okay, okay. This all feels a little weird, but whatever, I'll I'll take you on it. So I'm a Christian for a long time, and I get to college. One of those guys who, you know, just maybe would say, I don't even remember really what age I was when I got saved. I grew up in the church. And I get to college, and I I hear an interesting story about a professor and his students casting out demons (laughs) on campus. And since I was taught that demons are real, I'm like, okay, so I believe that this is happening I, I kind of want to learn about this because I was told like this stuff doesn't really happen anymore. And so I go and I, I uh, uh, start to kind of watch from a distance what's going on. I'm watching these people praying with the Holy Spirit, looking for God to speak to them, casting out demons. I'm like... This is crazy. I would like to learn more about this, but I'm also afraid to learn about this. So I start doing uh, the research, trying to understand how this all matches with my own background. And what I find is the Holy Spirit showing up in crazy, supernatural ways is my own background. A lot of people think that the Methodist Church today, since this is a free Methodist Church, comes out of that movement... A lot of people think that the Methodist movement's just like remembered for being very logical and theological and can put together a lot of great thoughts. But the people of John Wesley's time weren't flocking to a field to hear some great theological expository messages, right? Expository messages. They're flocking because they keep hearing stories of crazy things that are happening. They hear stories of people falling to the ground when the Holy Spirit comes on them. John writes all these stories down in his journal. He's like, I was preaching last night, and then suddenly Joe Smith came to my mind. And rather than just put that off, I just looked at the audience. I was like, is is Joe Smith here? And Joe Smith fell to the ground. (laughs) In the Pentecostal movement, they call it slain in the spirit. In the Methodist movement, they called it thunderstruck, which sounds a whole lot cooler. But... (laughs) John Wesley would see this all the time they're, they're praying on New Year's Day all together and suddenly they're all on the floor just praying and laughing and crying together John writes in his journals of I went to this lady's house and then a demon manifested and she just was saying these horrible things and we prayed until the demon finally left John Wesley talks about Mr. Myrick who is sick on his deathbed he goes and he prays for Mr. Myrick and Mr. Myrick gets healed He was he looked like he wasn't gonna make it, but he gets healed. He gets a call just a few days later on Christmas Day. Hey, Mr. Myrick is is dying again. I gotta pray again. (laughs) So he shows up, and the way he writes in his journal is like it seems there was no more life in him. Like I think John's saying, like he was dead. They prayed anyways, and he came back to life. This is the Methodist movement. Again, people weren't like, I just got to hear some good theology today. No, they're like, I got to see this Holy Spirit at work. And if he's real, then I want to know. And they were skeptical. I remember John Wesley talks about this one guy who is, he went with this friend. And his friend's like experiencing the Holy Spirit. And this guy's just like, John says he has knit brows. Like he's angry. He doesn't think anything around him that's happening is real. It's all psychological, so on and so forth. And then suddenly, this guy who's angry, John says, he fell over. (laughs) God just knocked him right over. And so I look at all these stories, I'm like, okay, so this is my tradition. And it's a free Methodist tradition as well. If you look at B.T. Roberts, he's zealous for these things. So somewhere along the way, I must have met a lot of people without these experiences who just said, based on my own experience, that's not real. So I teach, the Bible says that it's not real either. But now I'm finding different things to be true. I'm seeing a professor cast out demons. And I am afraid to meet this guy. (laughs) Because if God talks to him, what will he tell him if I get too close? Like, is it a proximity thing? Like you get too close to someone who hears the Holy Spirit. They're like, Sinner, you know, like here's the things God would like to say to you. Like that's my fear. Like he's just gonna call me out in front of everyone and say everything. So I keep my distance for like a year. I take classes, and I listen from a distance, and I turn in my papers. But a year goes by, it's like, I have to know this stuff. He and his students, I just like, I need to know the same thing. So I go to his office at the start of the next year. I'm like, hey, I just, you know, I see what you guys are doing. I don't really get it. I want to know. Can can I join your group and learn? And he says, oh, all those students graduated last year. (laughs) I'm like, all right, I'll see myself out again. You know, like. I I tried, Uh, but he's like, but how about, you know, as I keep doing ministry, we meet up, we talk, and as uh, I do events, you do them with me. Because this guy, in order to train you to do supernatural ministry, he doesn't let you just learn about it, you actually have to do it, which is a little intimidating, right? And so I start meeting with him, and I hear stories about all the things that he's seen God do right in front of him, and, and I, I hear his stories about a, gr- a little girl with cancer and how he prays for her, and suddenly she's found to be cancer-free. And I'm like, wow. I mean, doctors can't heal it, so I didn't think God could heal it either. Like, this is the way that my brain was working at the time. I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. God would be the only one who could heal cancer, Completely and fully that's that 's amazing and and he keeps sharing more of these stories and and all these ways in which God talks to him and, and i 'm like I, I want to learn this too, and so he starts taking me places. Well, the first place we go is not a place that I expected to to go uh, for this kind of you know more adamant kind of ministry supernatural ministry it 's a Catholic school which has flown in a priest from New Zealand who talked for like ten minutes uh, so He speaks for 10 minutes and he's like, all right, so I've just been praying on the way here. Here's like 50 different words that I just like to put out. I feel like God put on my heart for you guys to get prayer for today. And so he just goes through a list. Somebody here is dealing with this. Somebody here is dealing with this. Someone here is dealing with this. And all right, let's break into prayer groups. And this is my job. I have to be in a prayer group. So I, I get in the prayer group and I'm like, all right, let's see how God shows up. And did I see anything crazy tangible that night? Not really. I saw people cry as the Holy Spirit just kind of loved on them as they gave their stuff over to God. But I didn't, think, I, I didn't really feel like I saw anything crazy. Well, the next time, Amp's that up. He's like, okay, there's this well-known speaker who's traveling around. He's coming to Hillsdale. I want you to come with me and be a part of the catching team. What the heck is a catching team? <laughs> Well, when he prays for people, they tend to fall over, the thunderstruck thing. They fall over under the power of the Spirit. So someone needs to be behind them so that they don't just hit the ground hard and mess up their head. So, <laughs> Okay, sure, that's normal. So I, I go to Hillsdale, and this guy speaks, and I'm, I get behind this this. Uh, kind of heavy set girl, and I'm a little nervous that I'm not going to be able to support her. So I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm ready. All right. He, he's coming down the line. People are falling over. He gets to me. I'm like, okay, this is going to be fine. And she goes straight down instead of backwards and lands on my feet. And I'm like, God bless you. And move along. <laughs> and so I get to the next person. And then the speaker's like, all right, I feel like the Holy Spirit's thickening in here. We're just going to do this quicker. And then he's just bump, bump, tapping people. And there's like five of us catchers who are like, ah, ooh, next person, okay, go, trying to keep up with them And I'm like, I don't even understand what's happening tonight. This makes no sense to me, but the Holy Spirit is just so sort of tangibly in front of me. And I, I just, I need to know more. And so I keep chasing after the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I become a pastor, and I'm like, this has to be a, a normal part of my ministry, of my teaching, of my life. Because guess what? The pastor is not the church. The pastor is there to equip the saints for the work of ministry. We all together are the church. And each one of you in here has a gifting. You are not so special that God's like, eh, not that one. You have a gifting. And even more so, the Bible phrases it in a way that you probably could get more giftings if you keep pushing. Paul's like, look, we all have different giftings. Nobody's the same. But eagerly desire to prophesy. What do you mean eagerly desire? Like I'm going to make that happen? No, but keep pushing and maybe God will give that gift to you too. Why? Because that's a a more powerful gift that can work in greater context than something maybe like tongues could do. So pursue that. Well, how do I pursue that? Well, you don't just sit down at a piano one day and then play it perfectly. You have to give your thoughts over to God. God, I don't know if I could prophesy, but I know prophesying is just hearing your voice and speaking it out. So I'm available today. Would you speak to me? Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but you're practicing. You're making yourself learn how to hear God's voice uniquely in the way that he's designed you to hear it. So like for some people, a word pops in their head and it's like, okay, I need to give that out. For me, a lot of times it's more visionary. I'm more of a, God, I'll give my imagination over to you and and see what you do with that. Whatever the case may be, this starts becoming a part of my ministry and I start seeing God show up in more ways. I have, as I'm, I'm growing in this, uh, an older woman comes up to me. She's like, you need to learn to cry again. That's what God says. I'm like, how, does, how, how do you know that I, I haven't cried in a long time? Like, <laughs> That's just weird. And then a few weeks later, a different older woman comes up to me. She's like, God wants you to learn to cry again. Like, you all talking to each other, aren't you? Yeah. like. <laughs> But I start seeing that happen even more. Another friend comes up to me. He's like, look, while you were preaching on Sunday, honestly, I I wasn't listening at all. Always a great place to start, by the way. Thank you very much. But it's because I felt like God was giving me this vision of you in a, a meat factory trying to, you know, it wasn't pleasant work. It smelled bad. There's blood everywhere. Nothing about this is nice. But he's calling you to a bakery across the street. Where things are pleasant, the work is nice, things look pretty, so on and so forth. I'm like, okay, that's a good vision. I'll I'll think over what that means and what God might be trying to say. Half a year later, different guy comes up to me. He's like, I had this vision of you in a bakery. <laughs> I'm like, y'all, yeah, I just don't understand. You know, like there are moments where you're like, only God could do things like this. Now, some people go their whole lives without these kind of experiences, but I suggest to you it's, it's because we close ourselves off to it. A lot of times we think, God wanted to give me a vision. He just, you know, like suddenly all of you would disappear and angels would show up. <laughs> no, it's more of I've learned to practice visions. Now, God, I turn my mind over to you. What do you have to say in my imagination, in my thoughts? Paul says it this way. You have your own spirit inside of you which searches the depths of your heart. You also have the Holy Spirit inside of you which searches the depths of God's heart. So what are the ways in which you hear your own self-talk? Anybody? Actually, give me a few. When you're just like, I'm out of my mind. I need to get away so I can think straight. What do you do? You all got it together a lot more than me, possibly. (laughs) (laughs) You what? Hike? Hike? Yeah, so I'm a nature guy. I I go to nature, and that works for me to kind of hear my thoughts again and actually hear God's thoughts, whereas other people are like, oh, mosquitoes, poison ivy, you know, like it completely shuts them down. What else? Poetry. Is that what you said? Music. Yes, very good. In fact, Elijah used music. Elisha, sorry, the other one. (laughs) Elisha used music. Uh, someone came and said, we want you to prophesy over us what we're going to do. And and Elisha said, all right, someone fetch me a musician. (laughs) So they bring him a musician. As the musician plays, he hears God's voice. It seems obvious to me that the prophets that he worked with have taught him, like, this is one of the ways in which it's easier to hear God's voice. So use worship music. What else? Journal. Journal. Yep, great. Meditate. Meditate. Yeah, so all these things are ways in which you hear yourself. Whatever works for you is going to help you hear God's voice as well. Because if that's what calms you down to hear your own spirit, that's what calms you down to hear God's spirit. When I did this at my church, someone said, I just go in the bathroom. (laughs) Gets me away from the kids and all those things. I'm like, good, so while you're doing your thing, (laughs) meet with God. I I don't know. But I, I could go on about lots of different stories. Uh, you know, we often try to make space at our church for God to come and speak and, and to make sure that uh, we're not just moving through things exactly as they need to be, but God, what do you have to say in this moment? And, and so sometimes we'll come up with strange things. Like I was praying before one service, just like, I don't know, almost feeling like maybe I should, if anybody needs prayer because their neck hurts. I'll, I'll just offer that. That's what I kind of feel God might be saying. You know, I'm not even, like, super assured. This is just what I'm going with. He might be saying that today. So as we get ready to worship, am like, look, uh, just if anyone here has neck troubles today, especially on the right side, then a word for you today is that we just want you to get prayed for and see what God does. little girl goes to the back. She's been telling her mom all week, I've had neck problems. Gets prayed for, neck problems go away. <laughs> We had another woman who, homeless woman, uh, we're in an urban environment and we do uh, dinner church like you guys do with your community meals, so it brings in a lot of homeless people. And this woman's kind of been pushed around in a shopping cart a little bit throughout the week because arthritis has been really bad in her knee. She comes up to get prayed for and a week later appears and she's like, my knee is better. It's fixed. Like it doesn't hurt at all anymore. I was being pushed around in a shopping cart and now it's perfectly fine. I'm like... That's amazing. That's that's cool how God works. She's like, Well, yeah, I mean I don't believe it, but it happened. <laughs> I'm like, what, what are you what are you talking about? She's like, Well, you know, I've some people have told me they've been healed before and they weren't. And I'm like, that does happen. I understand that. She's like, Yeah, so like that just I don't believe God heals today. I'm like, But you were healed, right? She's like, Well, yeah, but I don't believe it. <laughs> well, God is that gracious with you. <laughs> um Someone else, pancreatic cancer. They were diagnosed with a pretty high stage not that long ago uh, this past year. And this is actually friends, family of mine for like over a decade. So it hit me especially hard. And we, we start praying for him and we watch him lose weight. We watch him falling apart. We watch things just kind of collapsing around his whole family. After he's diagnosed, they immediately come and they're like we We want to pray right away can we can we start praying we 're like yeah let 's let 's do it. So we have the whole church gather around, we start praying, and uh, um, you know he goes home that day and uh, we we wait to see what what will happen. Will things turn around His son, who lives in Scotland right now he 's at church the next day and just kind of sad about all this news that he 's just received. And he's just there during a prayer service when someone else from the other side of the room comes over to him he's like, hey, do you know someone named Brian? Which is his dad's name. <laughs> I just feel like, I don't know, I'm supposed to pray for you because of someone named Brian. <laughs> it's like, the other side of the planet. <laughs> you know? And God sees what's going on. And is there just for him on an emotional level. This, uh, his wife, the, the man who's sick, his wife... Um, has gone through our Holy Spirit class and she's like, look, I uh, was praying, or God woke me up in the middle of the night and I just felt like he was saying the key to this issue is immunotherapy. She's like, I don't know what that really is, what it means. I Googled it. doesn't seem to really have any connection to cancer or anything like that. So I don't know. She comes up uh, to me about this word like half a year later. She's like, yesterday... We got a different doctor, and he said, you know, you have a very rare case that maybe uh, could have some some hope if we did some immunotherapy. <laughs> She's like, right? Like God gave her this word. She doesn't know what to do with it for half a year. And then finally an answer comes around, and they're pursuing it right now. Like I got to say, he looks much healthier. He's put on some weight. Uh, he's... Uh, got color back in his skin. And pancreatic cancer often is like, you know, that's, that's a bad one. That's not one that's very easy to get through. In fact, often I think you don't get through it. So with all that being said, like we just watch this guy and we're still watching it. Like I'm talking to you about the middle of a miracle. I hope down the road I can tell you the full thing. But we continually pray. We continually press in. We, we watch what God is doing and we stay open to it. And the stories go on and on and on, and when I look back at my life, one of the only things that upsets me is that for 20 years, I didn't have these stories, because I wasn't open to it, because I was taught that this stuff didn't happen. I was taught that the Holy Spirit really just wanted to teach me things, wasn't so much concerned with using me to continue to do his work, which is very much the opposite of the Bible. Jesus is like, look, i got to go to heaven because when I get there, I can tell God to send you a helper, the Holy Spirit. And when you get him, then you can go do the ministry I did. In fact, I think it's John, this this is a really powerful statement to me, when Jesus tells his disciples to go do ministry, he's like, don't go until you've been clothed with power from on high. In other words, don't go start the church, don't go do ministry without my presence, without my spirit. Don't do it. And so often our churches are in that spot. We're ripping ourselves apart trying to get through this day by day. It's no wonder that it feels like such a burden because Jesus said, you know, when you do my ministry, the burden's going to be light. But how often are we doing the ministry? with Jesus in the first place, with His Holy Spirit guiding us and empowering us and helping us to do it. You cannot do church without Him. You can't even be a really good Christian without Him. Where are the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Where does that come from? Not by your own making. It's by God doing the planting and the growing of all these gifts inside of you. Your own character as a Christian is determined by the work of the Holy Spirit. Your own strength to do his ministry is determined by the work of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be a church without the Holy Spirit. And so I offer over to you today a chance to just accept God on a deeper level. Like I said, this isn't Jamin that's speaking to you now. wasn't always this way. He had to find it. And maybe you've been a Christian a whole lot longer, your whole life. And maybe now it's like, this is the first time I've heard this stuff. Well, God wants to use you in this way. It's biblical. It's traditional within our tradition. And it goes all the way back to where the Holy Spirit is already at work in creation. So as we get ready to close out, let me give you a few words that... um, And here's what I say. I never fully know, like, is this my spirit or God's spirit? So I'm just going to put the words out there. If it feels like it's for you, I would suggest, like, walk into that. Test it. Look, if anyone ever gets in front of you and says, this is the word of God and you have to listen to me, then you say biblically, no, God tells me time and time again, I have to test every word that I'm given. But at the same time, part of the testing is, like, could this be for me? Should I walk into this? So... um. The band can come up, and while they're playing some music, (laughs) while they're playing some music, I'll I'll be available off to the side, maybe with some others, if you would like prayer for these things, or anything else, we'd be happy to pray for you. So if you have tooth decay, uh, especially left bottom jaw, um, if you're connected to someone named Wanda, and you just know, like, I hear that word, and I, I exactly know what I need prayer for. Uh, If you have made some interest or progression into maybe like martial arts or like ninja type things, I know it sounds weird, but along the way of doing that, you've started to bring in other religions into your faith like Buddhism or Shintoism. Just prayer for that today for you to be restored to what God calls you to. Foot fracture. Possibly some caution, and this one you need to probably test more than the other ones. You might have been given some bad financial advice lately. Um, take that to God and see what you feel like he has to say. Uh, cancer as well. In my mind, I'm thinking pancreatic, but you know that's also going on in my life, so I may be adding that. If, if you're dealing with any kind of cancer, just give prayer. There's no reason to not. Uh, mental health issue, and I don't mean like uh, can't... Um, not like a disability so much, but like a heaviness, uh, like a weight on you more than a disability, where like it just feels kind of clouded, kind of difficult to get by day by day, and you just feel like you need God to pull that off. Um, if you're dealing with violence, and in this case, normally I would think abuse, but I almost feel in this case that if you are the one committing the violence, that God's calling you to repentance today, and he wants to deal with that anger, and then um, this last word, I think, is, is just for all of you to receive. So you guys can go ahead and start playing. As they're playing, I want to lead you through a prayer. Um, you guys are fasting right now, which is what Jesus did when the Holy Spirit came on him. This is great. You always think the Holy Spirit's going to be like best things that could ever happen to you. Holy Spirit comes on him, and Mark says it chased him out into the desert <laughs> to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. So while you're in this fast, like Jesus comes out of there doing the power and miracles of the Holy Spirit. You guys are getting ready at the end of this to, to move into a Holy Spirit conference. I want you to, to start gearing up for that right now. So if you would just today like the Holy Spirit to, to come on you even more. I'm not saying he's not there already. I'm just saying you want more of him. If you could just put your hands out like this, like you're receiving a gift. I'm going to pray a prayer for you. God, right now I pray over Ypsilanti Free Methodist Church. Their hearts are open to receive more of your fire, more of your spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just come down from heaven right now. This presence already here this morning. Would you just begin to burn in them in a new way? Bring fresh wind, fresh fire. For those who haven't... uh... Uh, Experience the ways in which you've already gifted them or have experienced it but haven't noticed, would you take them to a new level? Those gifted with dreams and visions, would they start to experience it on a whole new surreal level starting today? Those who are gifted with prophetic words, would they start to be gifted with that today? Those with gifts of healing, would you make them gifted today. God, the list goes on and on and on. We are not called to be just one person running a church. We are called to be the body of Christ. And every person in here you have designated differently in a different way. So would you show them what their gifts and their talents are within your, your spiritual gifting and giftings that they don't have yet that they're zealous for? Would you open them up to those possibilities that as they pursue it, it would grow in them. Holy Spirit, we are hungry for you. We are fasting for you. We love you and you call us to do your ministry not by our own strength but by yours. So please follow through with what you have called us to do. Gift us today so that we can do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to